Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. So Jacob, whoo, he is finally done with Laban. Laban is behind him, that slippery, deceptive uncle. No more. He is so excited. And by the way, little historical note. Out of Laban came the Arameans, and the Arameans were a constant thorn in the side of Israel. Well, Laban is no more. He's done, and Jacob is turned heading south, and he has decided, I'm going home. I get to see my dad, Isaac. I get to see family. I... Uh-oh. I get to see... Esau again. And last time I saw Esau, Esau wanted to kill me. Esau hated me. Oh man, what am I going to do? And so he sends messengers or servants ahead, sort of like advanced scouts. He's heading south. And he goes, hey, I want you to go ahead and find out what my brother's thinking. And what does it look like? And what's happening? So these servants go ahead. And I don't know if it's a couple hours and they come back or a couple days. But they come back and they say, Jacob, doesn't look good. Esau is headed your way with an army of 400 men. That back then is militia size. That's a big size group of men. And they're headed your way. Esau's got 400 men with him. And it says that Jacob became deathly afraid. And he's like, what am I going to do? 400 men, they're out to kill me. What in the world is going to happen? Remember, he left Isaac and Rebekah and home with just himself and the shirt on his back. Well, when he's coming back, Yahweh has promised to bless him. Well, he has been blessed abundantly. He has massive amounts of people. He has all these kids, all these wives, all these servants, all these cattle. He has so much. He says, I'm going to split my group into two camps. So he puts one camp over here and one camp over here. And he says, the thought is, if Esau comes attacks one camp. The other camp can run and get out of here. So he's thinking strategically, but he's not really thinking biblically, you know? He's not really thinking, like, where's God in all this? Where's Yahweh? He's still sort of thinking how to handle this himself. And as they start to move closer and closer to Esau, and he hears Esau's getting closer and closer with how many men? 400 men. He's thinking, what can I do? What can I do to get this done? And so after another night, he's like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. 
So he grabs a couple of servants and he says, all right, I'm going to send you on ahead with 200 goats and 20 male goats. And when you get ahead, I want you to tell Esau when you bump into him, hey, this is a gift from my brother, from your brother Jacob. This is a gift from him and let him know this is to him. Then he gathers another group of servants and he says, all right, I'm going to send you on ahead with 200 sheep and 20 rams. 200 sheep and 20 rams. Now he says, keep enough distance between the two of you so that when he receives the goats, an hour later, boom, here comes the sheep. He doesn't want them receiving them at once. He wants them in, in little herds as they come up. So he'll get the goats first. Then he'll get the sheep so they head off. And, and then he says, get some more servants. He goes, all right, here, here, here are 30 camels and their young camels. And I want you to send these 30 camels and their babies. And I want you to go on ahead again. Don't catch up with those herdsmen in front of you. Keep a distance. So when Esau's walking along, boom, whoa, sheep. Hey, these are from Jacob. Whoa, goats. Hey, these are from Jacob. Whoa, camels. Hey, these are from Jacob. And not only that, Jacob also sends cows and bulls. And he's essentially trying to bribe Esau. He's sending him gift after gift after gift. And he's thinking by the time he works his way through all the goat and sheep and camels and cows and bulls, he's going to say, wow, he's given me all this stuff. I forgive Jacob again, Jacob. Not really thinking like God, right? He's trying to think, how can I work this system? How can I manipulate things to the best advantage? What can I do? Finally, it's getting night. He's left probably just with his family. And he finally sends his family over this brook called Jabuk. And he sends them away. Because, again, he wants them separated from himself, and he sends them ahead. He sends them ahead with his wives and the kids. They go ahead. They say goodbye to each other. And Jacob is all by himself. And, again, it gets dark. And Jacob's like, you know, the only thing i got to do is pray. And I can imagine he's starting to pray to God. Starting to pray to Yahweh, what do you want me to do? Give me wisdom, Lord. When all of a sudden, these two hands, I can imagine, grab them by the shoulder, lift them up, and boom, throw them to the ground. And then he kneels on them, and what in the world is this? Then Jacob pops up, it's a man. Is it an advanced party man from Esau's group up there trying to attack? Because this guy is out to get Jacob, and he comes at him, and Jacob's like, whoa, and he hits him in the hip, and they start to wrestle. This is a massive wrestling match. The man begins to put him in a headlock and put him in a half Nelson and get him under. Well, Jacob breaks free, and then he jumps on top of the guy. I can imagine it's like WWE, you know. He throws him up, boom, and they fight each other and wrestle each other. And Jacob, any of you wrestled? It's exhausting, right? It is truly exhausting. This man is wrestling Jacob and trying to get him to the ground to get him to submit. And this man, he, Jacob is popping up and trying to get this man to submit. And they're wrestling back and forth. And it says they wrestle 
till the break of day. They wrestled all night long until the sun began to rise. And the man says, hey, you got to let me go. The sun is about to come here and Jacob would not let him go. He wants to win this and then. Says the man takes his hand and just touches his hip. He doesn't slap it. You know, he doesn't punch it. Literally in the Hebrew, it's like a light brush. And when he does that, boop, all of a sudden, Jacob's leg pops right out of his hip socket. His leg pops right out of its hip socket, and he can't walk on it anymore. And, and Jacob, at that moment, realizes, I am not wrestling a human being. I am wrestling a supernatural being. I am wrestling probably God himself because there is no way any human being could just lightly touch you and pop your leg out of its joint. And he realizes this is God. And you know what Jacob does then? He hangs on for all his might. He hangs on so tightly. And at this point, he's no longer trying to fight the guy. He is trying to not let him go. Don't go away from me. And he says, hey, do not leave me. Do not leave until you give me your blessing. I want your blessing, please. And he hangs on and the man wants to leave and he won't go. And remember, he's hopping around with one leg and he's like, please, I want your blessing. Now, remember, Jacob was praying. God, help me. And this blows my mind. How does God show up? He shows up and wrestles the dude. How does this work? You know, what type of God is this? This is a God who works in ways that we can't even begin to understand. And he wrestles him to the ground and he picks him up. And it's not just this light little fun wrestling. I mean, this guy is pounding on Jacob and Jacob's fighting back. But this is God in the moment of Jacob's greatest need. God shows up and wrestles him. What an amazing God. He is not just this sugar-coated God that you hear on Caleb or that you hear, you know, in all the praise and worship songs. You don't hear a lot about God coming up to you. And pummeling you into the dirt. Here comes God in a very different way. Why? Because he knew exactly what Jacob needed to get his attention. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get Jacob's attention. He was basically shaking Jacob out of his spiritual lethargy. And he knew if I'm going to do that, I've got to wrestle Jacob. This is a mighty God who works in profoundly different ways. And some of you, you are in some deep struggles. And you are wondering, what in the world am I going through this for? This struggle, whatever it happens to be. Why am I going through this? And where is God? And I want to say, your struggle might be God showing up to wake you out of your lethargy to help you understand you got to look to me. I am all you need, Jacob. You sent those goat, you sent those sheep, you did all those things to try to manipulate your way, but guess what? 
The only way you're going to get anywhere is by turning and looking and following me. And I want to say some of you in your deep struggles, whatever it happens to be, you're beginning to realize whether it's physical, illness, financial hardship, psychological struggles, whatever it happens to be, maybe you're finally getting to the point. All I've got is God. And I've got to look to him first. And I think it's neat that we don't just have a God up in heaven who looks down and says, oh, well, good luck with that. Jacob prayed, I need your help. And God shows up in human form and physically wrestles him to help him understand what he needs. But not only that, when did Jacob realize that this is God? When his thigh came out, right? Do you think that felt good when that happened? No, No, that was incredibly painful. It hurt. And in Genesis 32, verse 31, it says that Jacob crossed over and left. But it says he limped. Jacob is going to have this limp. For the rest of his life. This again is not some sugar-coated, wonderfully, hey, I'll give you all you want, like a nice grandfather patting you on the head. This is a God who shows up, wrestles Jacob, and then leaves him with a permanent injury the rest of his life. Man, that's a different God than a lot of us have experienced. This is a God who says, I'm going to do what it takes. Get you to notice me. I'm going to do what it takes to get you to follow me and to realize stop following yourself. Stop trying to do things in your own power. You have got to listen to me. And I think every time Jacob then walked, I mean, it was a permanent limp. He couldn't run anymore like he did before. He wasn't magically healed. He has this limp the rest of his life. And yeah, that's painful, but... I think the rest of his life, whenever he limped, Jacob realized and remembered what God is doing in his life. Every time he limped, he remembered he's Yahweh's. Every time he limped, he remembered that moment when he encountered and struggled with God and he came out the other end. Well, finally, the man says, The supernatural being, probably God himself, says, All right, I will bless you. So Jacob, let's go. He says, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. You will be now known as Israel. That's your name. No longer will you be known as Jacob. You will now be known as Israel. And Israel means... God fights, God wrestles, God strives, God's striving for you, God's fighting for you. And Jacob, with this encounter with God, he has a whole new identity, a whole new perspective. 
That limp is reminding him, yeah, I've struggled with God. His new name realizes, makes him realize every day I am God's. He has a totally different perspective on life. And I want to say, kids, counselors, when you honestly encounter God, get to know him in his beauty and his wrath, in his beauty and his fury, in everything that God is, you come away with a new perspective, but it's a perspective that is solid, and it is a perspective that is so enwrapped in God and the Son, and says, you know, no matter what happens to my foundations, no matter what happens to the world around me, no matter what happens to me, I am going to bank my promises on Jesus and follow Him because I have encountered the living God. Well, what's Jacob's new name? Israel. And out of Israel, right? The 12 sons become later on, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, here's a question. God is almighty, right? He's all powerful. He could have taken Jacob down anytime he wanted to, right? He could have smashed him to the ground with his little finger. He could have done anything he wanted to, but he didn't. Instead, what did he do? He wrestled with Jacob, but he wrestled. He didn't display his full power. He didn't display his full strength. Have you ever wrestled with your little brother or your little sister or played around with them and you held back some? You could really pound them or really beat them, but you let them win a little. And then, you know, have you ever done that? Well, that's here. This is where God is saying, Jacob, I could take you down in an instant, but in my strength, I'm going to be weak. In my mighty power, I'm going to display weakness. Because I want you to wrestle with me. And I want you to come towards me. And you know what? Thousands of years later. Almighty God. Took on the form of man. He humbled himself. It says in Philippians. Took on the form of a servant. Almighty God came down to earth. In weakness. Allowed himself to die on a cross in weakness. But three days later, he rose from the dead in mighty power. And he is coming back in that same majestic, mighty power. And what Jacob wrestled with God is a symbol of what was going to come How God in his weakness died, but yet he prevailed in his strength. And I just want to say, final thought. Do you want to get to know this God? Does this God appeal to you and you say, man, I want to know more about him? I'm telling you that first step is to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I'm going to follow the promises you make. 
Jesus, please save me because I am weak and I've been struggling and you've been working in my life in camp after camp and I've been fighting you off, but I finally realized I've got to surrender. I want a new name. I want a new perspective. I want to know you, Jesus. Please save me. The Bible says if you ask him, he will. And I'm saying stop wrestling with God, some of you. Start embracing him pursuing him and it'll make all the difference in this life and life to come let's pray thank you for listening to bald head bible podcast if you have any questions or comments we would love to hear from you you can comment on our facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.